This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. And I am going on 65 years of age, and I will never know it all. And once you realize that, come to the come to grips with the fact you will never know at all that there's always something to learn then you're always trying to learn like because digital just changes today is a tuesday and on friday there'll be something new that i need to learn and that's really really cool hi i'm carl i'm a small church pastor my podcast guest today is craig forrest Craig has spent decades shooting and editing film and video for both ministries and network TV at home and around the world. We'll be talking about doing better video ministry using the devices you already own. One thing I love about the way Craig approaches this is that he doesn't use techno speak. His interest is not in the technology and the toys, but in helping people communicate the message of Jesus in a compelling way. Because of that, the tips he offers can be helpful in any size church on a limited or even non-existent media budget. Craig and I have been friends for a while, so when we join the interview, it's in the middle of our conversation after he had brought up two points that I knew would be of interest to you. And don't forget, stick around after the interview is done. I'll come back with an overview of the content and an answer to the question, can this work in a small church? didn't have 20, 20 years ago, if a church wanted to do any kind of video that was going to be seen anywhere, they had to buy a whole bunch of equipment that they didn't already have. Today, we've already got one of these, which is generation, and you've got yours there too, right? This is generations ahead of the best video cameras that could video and film cameras that it could have been bought just a few decades ago. Am I, first of all, technically, am I correct in saying that? Yes, and I would also say this. Um, I, I, you know, here, here's my uh, Apple tw- um, 11. It's not a 12 because we bought it when the only thing available was, was the 11. This, ca- this, this cell phone, uh, which is a year old or so, is uh, Better has a better camera than my forty-two thousand five hundred dollars Sony Beta Cam from nineteen eighty-nine. Better than my forty-two thousand five hundred dollars Sony Beta Cam from nineteen eighty-nine. It takes better pictures and it's HD. Yeah. And you use what's available to you. You you brought up two things, Carl. If a, a small church pastor wants to do something good. And compelling. I like the word compelling. There we go. That's a great word. Interesting. You gravitate towards. Yep. It's attractive. It's it's it it grabs my attention. There's there's a couple ways to go. One is you probably have a young person in your church that can help you do it, and they're just looking for a reason and a cause to pull out their camera and to take yep. video. Perhaps a young person in your family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Could even be a thirteen year old. Could be a 10-year-old for all you know. Uh, absolutely. And if you want to get ideas, look at other, uh, look on YouTube, look on Facebook, look at something that you really like 
and say, you know what, I want to shoot something like that, whatever that is, as long as it's you know done with inspiration. If you want to go beyond that and to something deeper, like short films and, and you know, music performances, it could well be you have a community college or a high school or a small college near you that has a video or media department. And why not go talk to one of the professors and say, I, do you have some, who's pretty good in this class? I'd like to give them some pocket change to come shoot a video on Tuesday or on a Saturday when they have a day off. And here's what I want to do in a day. And they can edit it. And I have a coffee money, Starbucks money, textbook money for them to do it. And I almost guarantee you, if the professor points you to somebody that's probably sharp, you're going to come away with something that didn't cost you very much that gets the job done. And you didn't have to go spend thousands upon thousands of dollars. That's if you want to go to the next level. I would say start small and make your mistakes from the small stuff. Okay. So, because what you're talking about is absolutely reasonable. We've done that at our congregation. Uh, and I know there are some small church pastors who are listening who are going, I'm way out in the boonies. I got nobody around me. Or I've tried and it's failed, whatever. I, there's a lot of different reasons for that. So as you said, that's next step. Let's start with the with with the video with the phone that's already in our pockets. Um, let's start with the negative. What are some of, of the biggest mistakes you see small churches, or churches of any size, but particularly small churches, often because of limited access to material? Here's the bottom line: in a large church. You've got enough people and you can have a large tech team. And so the pastor decides, hey, I want to shoot the service in this way, or I want to put out a message on Facebook. And you call the tech team and they come through and you just stand in front of them and they do it and then they put it up. In a small church, it's the pastor, maybe by themselves, or the pastor and their spouse, or you know, like you said, maybe a couple of kids who have some interest in it. It's a very, very, very limited pool of people with very limited expertise. So what would you say? Let, let's let's start with that idea. When that's what you've got, what are some of the things that even in a small congregation with a very limited number of people, what are some of the things that we need to know up front? What will be one of the two or three of the top things that you say, be careful to do this or not to do this? You have to ask yourself a couple of questions as a pastor, whether it's a big church or a small church. Really, size isn't important to me. Am I, going to do, am I going to create videos that are for the church that are shot inside the church? Or do I want to also shoot videos outside the church that are going to reach people that don't come to my church? Okay, by inside the church or outside the church, you don't mean filming in the building or not. You mean who are we reaching, people inside the church oh. or people outside the church? Inside the church is your congregation that you already comes to church. They're probably... Uh, committed, dedicated people. You want to inspire them. Right. Okay. That's one thing. Outside the church, you're trying to reach people that are never going to darken the doors of your building, whether you've got 50 people or 5,000. How do you reach those people? You have to be creative. We, we could, Carl, we could go for hours on this and we won't. How you reach people inside is different than how you reach people outside. And I would say over and over again, think beyond just preaching, beyond prayer, uh, music, worship, which is wonderful. Oh, I love good worship music. Any Christian would. 
and a good message and think, how do I reach people outside the church? And that means going out into the highways and byways, standing at a river or a bridge or in front of a large building or in the town square and doing short videos and clips and using those locations as illustrations, as, as points of interest to talk um, about the gospel. I'll give you an example. Many years ago, Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho the, of the largest church. Now, don't, don't get all big on me on the lar- largest church right. part, okay? I, that's just who Cho is, yeah. Yeah, Cho, okay. I never forgot, I saw his TV show once, and he was standing in front of the, at that time, the Berlin Wall, back in the 80s, and wearing a trench coat, talking to the camera, and he started talking about that there was a wall that separates man from God, and he used the Berlin Wall behind him. This separates freedom from restriction. This wall separates, this is the boundary, and there's no way to get past that wall. And I still remember this 30-some years later. And you can say, oh, a little church, I don't have the Berlin Wall near me. Okay, I got it. But you might have a wonderful lake, and you could do a little sermonettes and devotions about Jesus's preaching from the Sea of Galilee. Or you could stand in a square or a big city and use that to bring an illustration or devotion that's maybe two or three minutes long. One of the most important things, Carl, uh, that churches need to understand is short attention span. The average person watching and consuming media today which is usually seven or eight hours a day of consuming a media, have short attention spans. They're not going to go more than 90 seconds. So you got to grab them right up front and give them a beginning, a middle, and an end that is no more than a minute or two minutes long. They won't last unless you're great. Some people are great. Some people can do it. They've got it. Uh, they're not going to go past two or three minutes. But, but even if you are great, there's a lot of people that will look at the timestamp and pass over <laughs> sure. because they see the timestamp and go, I'm just not going to do something. Some, some, so, people, some people are born with the ability to communicate so they you hang on every word. But a lot of people have to learn to do that. Right. So you're talking about like the two to three minute video that would be then put up onto something like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram that that tells a short message. So it's not just simply live streaming a service for people who maybe already are in the church but can't come right now or for people who are looking for a new church and are trying to see what your service is. We'll get into that in a moment. But we're talking about the videos that every one of us watches on a regular basis where you're scrolling through Facebook or you're going through YouTube and you see a face and there's a little title that catches your interest and you spend just 90 seconds to two minutes watching something that if that the value of that, of shooting that outside the building is significantly higher than shooting it inside the building behind the pulpit because of the nature of that type of media. Is that what you're saying? As soon as someone that doesn't know the Lord uh, sees that you're shooting at a pulpit or in a church, they're going to turn it off immediately because they don't want anything to do with a church or a pulpit. But if you're standing, you want to grab their attention. What did Jesus do? Told stories that grabbed people's attention, and they couldn't wait for the end to the parable. Yeah. And a lot of times he sent them away still thinking. Even his disciples didn't understand many of the parables that he told. So some of those stories 
yeah. might be. So the pastor, you're preaching on Sunday, and in the middle of your preaching, you've got a little story you tell out of your life or a little example from a book you read or from history. And you look at that and you go, hey, that took me about two and a half minutes to tell in the sermon. What if I went outside and stood in front of the town square on Main Street in our small town and I told that story or whatever context works for that story? So yep. you tell the same story. You've already done the research. You've already right. told the story. You know how to tell the story. And now what you've got is somebody else in the church, a 13-year-old who just loves doing video, and you stand there uh, and you tell that story to them in front of a place that gives it a, a sense of, 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 of a not, for lack of a better word, not being churchy because you're trying to reach the person who's not in a church. Right. You so can, the person you, scrolling through Facebook in your town sees you in front of the town square in their town and goes, oh, what's that person doing in my town in front of the town square? And they watch you for 90 seconds, then they hear a redemptive story that brings them one step closer to potentially saying yes to Jesus. A, a pastor, no matter large church or small, is going to do uh, online ups and move your locations around. You have enough to send those out uh, over the course or four months. Uh, one, let's say the first Tuesday, every month you do one of them. The one, the two from the morning or the two months. The two in the afternoon or the next two two months. So in the course of three days a year, you have a media ministry. Even if you just have a cell phone, do you, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it all in one day. Yeah. You come back three or four months later with another uh, four messages that you're ready to do. Okay. Two in the morning, two in the afternoon. And then you stagger the release of those um, so that uh, you just spread it out. And you've got yourself a media ministry, and all you had to do was buy lunch. Okay. So as a small church pastor, here's what I'm hearing. You tell me if I'm getting it right or wrong or, or what I'm missing. So I'm preaching every Sunday anyway. So as I'm preaching Sunday to Sunday, I ask a spouse or somebody in the congregation to pay attention and say, if I've got, you know, a, a little story, two or three minutes, or I just pay attention to myself, take note of that and say, hey, that would be a good standalone two to three minute story to right. tell. After I've collected four of those, then I take a day, even if I'm bivocational, I've got, and Saturday's my day off, I'm going to take one Saturday uh, every four out months. of the month. Yeah, every, every, every three months. Yeah. And, and I'm, or every four months. Yeah. Cause we're going to do four of them. Yeah. yeah. Every, every one Saturday, every four months. And I'm going to spend that day in, in the morning, I'm going to shoot two of these two to three minute videos. It may take me four or five shots at it, but that's okay. Because I'll, you just use the one that's good. I bring along four shirts <laughs> so that each time I'm doing it with a different shirt and in a different location. So one of them's on main street, one of them's in a coffee shop, one of them's out in the field, one of them's I'm by the lake. lake. Yeah, yep. um, exactly. Yep. And each place I tell a different two to three minute story and, and you can do it front to back and then get very simple free video software that allows you to cut the front and back off. In fact, you can do that directly on YouTube, if I understand that correctly. Sure. And then I put it up to YouTube, to the church's YouTube channel. And on YouTube, they let me type in on the bottom right-hand corner or whatever, the church's website, mm -hmm. so that it just sits there during the entire thing. And I release one per month. And so, you have a media, and you have a media minute. Yeah. 
So using a, using a, a phone I already possess, using sermons I've already preached. Or illustrations. Taking, yeah, illustrations from sermons I've already preached and taking one day every four months, I've got a new video every single month that my church can release and from outside the building and that it was reach only people. Three, three days of work out of 365. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, if you have a Facebook page, put it there as well. Yeah. Well, because, well, in fact, I my thought is you would put it primarily there because you're not going to have, you're, you're only going to have your own members go to your website typically, but you're going to have non-members scrolling through Facebook. And if the, and then, and then you tell your congregation members, watch the video and tag it and tag your friends on it so that right. they see it on their timeline. And all of this is free. Nothing that I've, that you've mentioned or I've you summarized here put it on costs your... a single penny. Exactly. You can put it on your personal Facebook page and make sure that it's available for public so that it's shareable. Because what you want is for uh, people that have stopped by your page and also see it there, the Carl Vader's Facebook page. And they can share it because the more shares you get, the larger the audience gets. Yeah. So you engage the congregation and say, we're putting this video up on Monday we're gonna we're gonna email you to remind you to go to the church's Facebook page or even put it on your personal page and tag it and share it from there, and then they are participating in an evangelism a process that is as as low uh, 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 as is as easy and 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 as little threatening as evangelism can possibly yeah, be, because yeah. <laughs> you're just tagging a like and a share from your pastor's video and. People who scroll through on Facebook who won't pause when they see a preacher behind a pulpit might are more likely to pause when they see somebody standing in a field by a lake, and especially even your local folks, if you're trying to get them into your church, if it's, oh, that's my, that's, that's my, my friend's backyard right? Right. in a right. small town. So you're making, so, so the visual is making a connection to them in the fast paced world of Facebook and Instagram. And don't shoot your story. Don't shoot your camera or place your camera so far away. Just when in doubt, do a medium shot from the waist up. Yeah. When in doubt. Well, for, for, and for audio as well. Right. Because your audio, every step you take away, your audio but just you drops also, like crazy. For, for a little bit of money, you can get yourself a lavalier mic that is right here on your yeah. collar or, or on the, the buttons or a sweater, whatever it is, that's this far away from your mouth. And your audio, that's one of the, the great tragedies of, of videos is, is poor audio. Yeah. And now a short break to talk about something else. If you like the content you're hearing, here are two things you can do for us. First, forward this podcast to a friend. Second, consider becoming a Patreon partner. For as little as $3 a month, you can help us put these resources into the hands of the ministries that need it the most. Our Patreon link is in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on The Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. 
I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. Let's do one more thing, uh, and that is the actual live streaming of services. Um, uh, one, I know, because you and I have had these conversations, that there are a handful of pet peeves that you and I both have about how uh, live streams are often done. And again, it's it, it, what we're going to talk about isn't going to cost any money. Uh, and two, if you're making these mistakes, we're not laughing at you or mad at you until an expert like Craig shows up and points out, hey, you can do this better and it works better. You, you don't know. So we want there are a handful of pet peeves that I know. One of them is you already mentioned a little bit distance. Let's talk about how where should the camera be physically in the room during a live stream service? Depends on the size of your sanctuary, but I would say this. Um, if, if you are in a state or in a country across the world, a state in a America. Or and now a 20 second break to talk about something else. If you like the content you're hearing, here are two things you can do for us. First, forward this podcast to a friend. Secondly, consider becoming a Patreon partner. For as little as $3 a month, you can help us put these resources into the hands of ministries that need it the most. Our Patreon link is in the show notes province in Canada or across the world, and you're not allowed to have a live audience, a congregation you know, under your roof right now, Right. bring your camera up close, get rid of the pulpit, have some nice comfortable chairs, have it so that the worship team is right close by and bring the camera closer and almost make it like you're having a service from a den. Okay. As if it's a home church. Yeah. We did that for we did that for several weeks when we weren't allowed to have anybody in the room, and people who tuned in it it was a church service, but it looked more like a conversation at a coffee shop. Right, make it intimate, make it comfortable. Don't give people the exact. Uh, be creative with it. Make it comfortable. Bring up a nice uh, couple of chairs, and and also when the pastor begins to speak, make sure that you zoom into the pastors, that medium shot, but give them some room for their hands and they can hold their Bible and let them, if there's no congregation there, speak to the camera. And it's okay to look down every now and then or catch your breath or catch your idea, you know, grab your thoughts and look back in. But make it important. Make it as if you're speaking only to one person on the other end of that camera. Okay. That's so important. Look in that camera. There's one person that I'm talking to. Is that you? Okay. So that's if we're in a shutdown situation, can't have people in the room. What about the typical church on a typical Sunday when you have people in the room? Um, how important is it to take at least a moment to acknowledge those who are watching online? And how? what are some tips about how to do that well? Okay, first of all, if you possibly can, try to explain to your congregation that you want to bring the camera up closer because where the camera is is where the viewer is. And when you put the camera at the back of the auditorium and you do it because you don't want it to get in the way 
of the service and the ministry and you want it close to the audio control board because the audio engineer told you to put the camera back there. Mm, okay, bring it up closer. And if you have to pull a couple of chairs aside, uh, do it and explain to the congregation before live stream. We're doing this because we want our guests to get closer. It makes a better viewing experience. If you need to move around the camera a little bit to other chairs, please, please forgive us. We're trying to make this special for our group. So how else to do it? Um, oh, or, or even on we, that, or even well, on that to you, tell you. you yeah, but you were saying, and this is, this is so vital. When you start the service, hey, if you're watching by live stream today, welcome to our service. Welcome. You are part of our service today. We want to make this special. Uh, we have a person in the chat room uh, that can answer any of your questions. You can do that by, uh, by, you know, by, by streaming, by texting, et cetera. And uh, if you have any questions, if you would like, and at the time also, by the way, of the offering, Say, if you go to this church, we would love for you to continue your gift of tithes and offerings. Here's how you can do it. Please feel free to give. give. If you're a visitor, this is our gift to you today. Do not feel any, any um, obligation, uh, hesitation that you have to give. Don't worry about that. This is our gift to you. But if this is what you, where you call your church home, we would love for you to continue with your tithes and offerings. And we're going to tell you how to do it. However, that is, it's probably digital or online or whatever, because they're not there. Uh, in an but bring the camera closer, make it personal. Yeah. Involve the congregation in an understanding of what you're doing and why yep. you're doing it, yep. because that then that then includes them in the process as well. And let them know, hey, at some point when you're sick, you're going to appreciate that we did this as well. Or this is actually going to benefit you in the long run, too. Or, or, or you may have kids that are gone to college and we want to make sure that they see this too. Or you moved, or you moved away and you still enjoy Pastor Carl's message. And even though you may even go to your own church locally, you still want to catch the 10 o'clock service from Pastor Carl. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that brings people in. Plus, here, here's the last thing that we'll do on, on the live stream. And it's this. Uh the uh, the average person, in fact, I'm going to say almost everybody who walks into a church building for the first time has watched it online already, right? Many times, yes, especially if they're younger. Uh, a huge percentage, uh, Pew, either Pew or Barna did research that there are more and more uh, millennials and young people that will will try out a church online before they go to a church physically, drive to that location, park, and uh, walk through the foyer, foyer, and and show up. They want to try. This is like, why should I go to the effort? I can try out four churches this morning, and just dial across by live stream. So your live stream needs to be an extension of the personality of your church. That's a great way to phrase it. I love that. So here, here's what I'm putting together. So. You take the sermons you're doing already, you take four illustrations out of them, you take one day to shoot those in exterior locations because the average person scrolling on Instagram or Facebook will more likely watch it if you're standing outside than if you're standing behind a pulpit. On that video that you put to YouTube, you put your church's website so that after they've watched a couple, they go, hey, I might want to attend that church. They'll go to your website. They're likely to watch the live stream first. And if 
you have been able to attract them with a simple redemptive story by a, a, by a 90 second video by a lake. And then you're doing a live stream of your service that is personal, that is up close, that is accessible, that shows the personality of you and of your congregation. You have opened up a, a much more likely uh, avenue for them to actually physically walk through and come into your service. And once you, they've got, you've got them in the building and hopefully that's another podcast for another time is first impressions, which at this point are second or third impressions by the time they're walking physically into the door. Then at that point, you have a, a, an even greater opportunity to minister the redemptive life of Christ to them and to see them come into a relationship with Jesus. Amen. You know what I would say uh, also to that, which is like the culmination of what you said, Carl, um, Tell good stories. Mm-hmm. People love an interesting story. Even if it's an illustration from uh, your, your message, which always is good, uh, tell an interesting story and you'll captivate people. Well, and this is what, your, what, what you've described to us does. It puts the story out front. Mm-hmm. In, in that exterior shot that they're going to see scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, the okay. story is out front. It's what draws people in. Uh, in an appealing way. And everything we've described costs can be done with no money. But, and if you want to up, up, up your audio because of an outdoor recording, especially by a simple lavalier mic that you, you know, plug in or even, or or even at at bare minimum, use your, um, the earbuds that came with your phone and do a really nice tight shot to your face with that. You want to make sure that the audio you want, you want to be heard as well as seen. All of these great ideas. I think a lot of small church pastors are going to get a bunch out of it. I want to close, though, our podcast with the four lightning round questions for you. Are you ready, Craig, for the lightning round? I'll take uh, I'll, I'll take Alex uh, number 40, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, how, how to get. From, you you to get obviously from have not watched that show enough. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lightning round. Here they are. Lightning round question number one. What are the biggest changes you've seen in your field of ministry in the last few years? And how have you adapted to it? Oh, my goodness. Um, for me personally, professionally? Yeah. How, how, how have you or, or you can say how have churches ha- adapted in your field of ministry and media ministry? What are the biggest changes you've seen and what how have you adapted to it or, or how are you seeing churches adapt to it? Greatest um, change that I have seen in the last 10 years are young people in churches that want to tell redemptive stories and pastors that ignore them. Oh, wow. There we go. That is one. That's a thunder and lightning round answer. That's what that was. That's that. But I, I agree. I, that's the other. The flip side of that, especially across the world is please teach me to be a famous filmmaker for free without anyone doing the work. It's like, I want, I want to win a world record at the Olympics, but I don't want to train. Can I just go to the Olympics and get the gold medal? Yeah, you got to work for it. Got to do the work. All right. Second question. Is there a free resource, an app, a website, or something that has helped you lately that you would recommend to help those in small church ministry? Ooh, for small church ministries. I, you know what I would do? My best answer to that is to continue to look at tutorials on YouTube or Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Oh, mm-hmm. in fact, um, there is a Vimeo Film School, V-I-M-E-O.com. Get a Vimeo account. It's free, and they have a film school with all kinds of uh, ways to do lighting and audio 
and uh, camera techniques, and maybe just do one little tutorial a, a week or a month, and that will up your game to do uh, more excellent videos in your presentation. Oh, I will check that out myself. One of the things that we are going to be working on in this ministry and will probably be out by the time this podcast airs is we're going to start producing how-to videos for small church pastors cool. on some very practical things. So, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, what is the best piece of ministry advice you've ever received? Be humble, and I will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, I, I think I know who that came from, too. Uh, <laughs> I think we all do. And then the final one, what's the funniest or weirdest thing you ever saw in church? At what At what church? The, in, in any church. The funniest or weirdest thing you've ever seen in church. Well, I, I consulted a church... Uh, up in Northern California once, and it also was had a TV station. Somehow they got a local TV station. And none of the crew members that were all family or friends had one clue about doing multi-camera, and they would just keep calling each other by their names. Okay, little Sally, uh, you need to get closer. Big Sally, you need them going. No, no, no. On the air. Well, in the control room. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And I said, no, it's camera one, camera two, camera <laughs> three. Oh, is that how you do it? Yeah. Big Sally is camera one. No one call her Big Sally, <sighs> call her camera one. And, you know, Janine, she's camera three. Oh, you do it by numbers. Yeah. They, they had, and they had a TV station. Wow. And I thought yeah. you, you, you know, at least one good uh, weeks worth of teaching and such, and you're going to, yeah. you're going to up your game by 90%. Wow. It's amazing. I, I was when I was a teenager and a couple of friends of mine, we sang in church occasionally. So the local TV station, Christian TV station said, hey, why don't you come on and sing a song for us? So, OK, fine. So we show up at the studio. They go they they throw from the host over at what they call home base. Right. The, the desk where they do the interview. They throw to us. It goes to the camera. We sing our song. And as we finish our song, we look over and the host has been enjoying the song so much that he's off of home base. He's just standing there and looking at us and smiling. We finish the song. We're done. And there's right. nobody at the desk. So instead of switching to the camera to show an empty desk, the camera that was on us slowly pans over. It took about 30 seconds for the camera to slowly pan off of us onto the backdrop, onto the... You know, the grip standing there wondering what they were doing until finally the, the host figured out, oh, I should probably be in that seat. That's called public access television. That it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty much that. That was a long time ago. Thankfully, we've learned a few things since then. So, can this work in a small church? The answer is yes. You can do better video ministry using the devices you already own. But it's a yes if. If you follow the three points that Craig talked about that I thought were so helpful. So let's summarize them real quick, all right? First of all, you need to tell an engaging story. Thankfully, as Christians, we're part of the most engaging story ever, the redemption of all of creation through Christ. And when we tell our little part of that, it's really engaging and it pulls people in. Secondly, put that story out front on social media. This is maybe the most helpful practical part of it for me of the entire interview. The idea of taking a portion, maybe of a sermon illustration that you did, reshooting it outside or at least out from the pulpit 
And putting that on social media so it captures people's attention in a short three to five minute story video, that then draws them to your website where they can watch a sermon or two, and then that then draws them to your church. I love that idea of putting the story part out front on social media. And then thirdly, make sure that you're easy to see and hear. I know that almost sounds ridiculous to say, of course you want to be seen, of course you want to be heard. The problem is we've all seen videos where those mistakes are made, but you can't see it clearly or you can't hear it clearly. In fact, this is so important that what I've done is I've actually put together a how-to video based on this interview with Craig. The how-to video is simply called Eight Simple Steps to Create Short Smartphone Ministry Videos. And in it, I walk through eight mistakes that I see made regularly and how to fix them so that the video that you shoot actually has a more compelling look to it. It's something that you can see and hear really, really clearly. So I hope that helps for you. Those are the three things that we talked about today. Finally, if you'd like to become a Patreon partner for as little as $3 a month and help put these resources into the hands of ministries that need it the most, check out the Patreon link in the show notes.